play button because you are listening to that is effing weird i like this intro already and you both of you do because you're laughing and smiling and i hope you like it too and we're going to continue with our last topic for media month which is short stories we've all taken a different angle at this we all were talking a little bit before the show before we get into that like always we're going to introduce the hosts i'm alex i'm bro and i'm tristan and with that being said, we are going to start with Tristan. Tristan, why don't you tell us what kind of short story you did? Um, and kind of like how the rest of the month has been going, uh, we'll give the title of what we're talking about just in case you want to read it on your own or anything. So there's going to be some spoilers again. Um, but yeah, I won't talk anymore. Tristan, go ahead, take it away. So I struggled with this one a lot because there's so many good short stories out there. Like I mm-hmm. thought about doing Stephen King. I thought about going back to Kurt Vonnegut. Like, because um, um, you know, like The Body and Shawshank Redemption are basically little novellas that are you can knock out in a night if you really want to. Um, yeah. So I I really struggled wanting to do those, but then I was cleaning and I came across an old comic that I had. That's a collection of Alan Moore stories. Um, he's a fantastic writer. He did V for Vendetta. If you've ever seen that one. Oh, okay. um, he wrote yes. that story. Um, yeah, he's he's a weird dude. Like he's got like the big bushy hippie hair, giant beard. He looks like a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. Um, he's he's awesome though. Uh, well, that so, movie V for Vendetta. I mean, that kind of has something to do with like the government taking over and everything. So that kind of I feel like fits his personality <laughs> or his look. Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically just about fascism. It's that. Yeah essentially what it's about um but this one he did he wrote for dc for years and he did all kinds of different weird interpretations of normal characters like that's what he would do is he would take like these things you think are kind of fantastical and then just like overly realize them like so so the first one i wanted to talk about is called mogo doesn't socialize and none of these are long they're like four pages most of these like they're super super short so what this one is about is about those Green Lantern guys, right? They're like the guardians of the universe. That's their whole, their police for the universe, right? And they use that ring thing to like manifest uh, their thoughts into the physical world and they use it as weapons. And that's effectively what they do. But every section of the universe has to have kind of a protector. And this story kind of goes with them uh, sitting in this archive room talking about the, the crazy different kind of uh, Green Lanterns that there were. And like one of them he lists as to uh, do, there was uh, a super intelligent smallpox virus that was a Green Lantern. And there was Dukertsky-er. He was an abstract mathematical progression. Did you say a smallpox virus? Yes. 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 So it, it rather than a physical being, it was a thing that had the yeah. So they they were talking about that specifically. They were talking about a meeting, and they're like, yeah, not all the Green Lanterns can show up because one, it's a smallpox virus, and the other one, they were there, but since they're an abstract mathematical progression, no one noticed. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's how it starts. <laughs> you know, I actually I really like that. I, I really like that concept because I feel like 
almost like what we had talked about. Um, what was it? Uh, I think it was last week was just like, I don't know. Was it last week? No, I must've been editing one of the highlight videos, but we, I had, I'd mentioned that like aliens or whatever, like they, I think it was, hey, that's, it was that's very that, random because every episode has you mentioning aliens. <laughs> I tried to be fair, not to I'm actually talking about aliens for once. They're just comic <laughs> yeah, book aliens. True. <laughs> but the, uh, the concept of like, not, everything has to be human or human like mm-hmm. like the whole idea like a virus has the green lantern or like that that mathematical equation or i really like that that's because i feel like that's actually something that could be true like that is actually something that might be out there we just can't comprehend it so yeah i sound like the he, weird he, one right now no he I does really a lot of do. that that kind of concept's <laughs> actually going to come up a, a few times with his stuff because he likes those kind of trippy big strange concepts that use math um anyway so the story moves on basically with they see one name on the page that they're looking at called mogo and she uh the two people are talking and she's like well who's mogo and the guy she's talking to says oh mogo mogo doesn't socialize and then it cuts to a bounty hunter and this bounty hunter he, he look, kind of looks like an orc from skyrim except he's pink that's literally what he looks like um yeah. So he's going there to find Mogo. Uh, he he tracked him down to this planet, and he wants to kill him because that's just what he does. He likes he likes to kill things, right? Um, so he spends years trying to find him on this planet, and what he notices is all the trees are cut very deliberately. So he starts mapping it, and after years and years and years of mapping this um, whole planet, it just cuts to a frame of him looking down and holding up the map, getting really scared, freaking out, getting in his ship and leaving after years, years and years. And as he's leaving, you see the planet, and the planet is, it has the symbol and the ring of the Green Lanterns. The, the planet itself was the Green Lantern. Oh, that's cool. So Mogo doesn't socialize because it's a planet. Its gravity would rip, um, would rip apart the main planet, Oa, where they're all from. That's cool. That's, uh, again, that, like, I, that's a really cool <laughs> concept that he had. That, like, okay, the planet itself had the uh was was the ring and oh that's cool i like that i said the whole thing's pretty short but the next one should be the one with the spiders okay yeah yeah so basically um this one's called brief lives basically there's a uh, tristan before before we go any further since you brought up dc comics does everyone here have a favorite superhero the thing is, I am partial to Marvel. That's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll allow it. Even though I'm not a huge Marvel fan, I will allow Marvel into this. Um, traditional superhero Batman, but if I can actually like use characters, I'd say Swamp Thing because he's the coolest thing like ever. <laughs> Swamp Thing? <laughs> oh, dude, I own all of... Alan Moore actually wrote a thing of Swamp Thing. I own the complete collection of it. It's amazing. Basically, really? he turns him into like this psychological element of like he's an elemental and he's basically able to contact everything in the green throughout the entire planet like anything mm-hmm. where there's plants he basically is because he is all the plants on the universe yeah um, then they, they turn animal man into like the guardian of the red so anything that has meat he can manifest into it gets really <laughs> weird <laughs> that's cool <laughs> what about you Ro? <laughs> um the popular one uh i definitely am a huge fan of of Iron Man, but otherwise, I really like Scarlet Witch. I love Scarlet it. Witch. She lost her mind. 
after Vision died, her robot, and then created and kidnapped people and created the city. And I love the way she loses her mind and then does some. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she just freaks out. That's the best. <laughs> um, That's let's see. <laughs> yeah, so what about you, Alex? I would probably have to say I'm more of a DC fan. Um, I really like the character Lobo. I really <laughs> do. The, he's a he's an alien bounty hunter. I, I, he's just a cool... He, I, Why am I not so <laughs> Why am I not oh, he's cool though. He's he's a cool cat. Yeah, yeah. I'm really disappointed because they. I think they did try to make a show on like the WB or like the whatever it is um, about Lobo. It was just trash though. Oh, no. So kind of disappointed at that. But neither here nor there. Sorry to cut you off, Tristan. I just oh, want to no, know everyone's. <laughs> um, the next one I guess I was talking about. So picture. A hostile um, species of super intelligent spider things or flies, right? Um, they're a bug species that goes around and conquers planets just because they can, okay? They, they take over the resources, kill them all, move on to the next one. That's kind of their whole deal. They take over this planet and they come across these two giant sculptures. I mean, just they're literally flies to a giant sculpture to us. Like it takes them a while to even figure out exactly what it is. And over the course of taking over the planet, one of the generals goes to like the leader and says, over the last five years, his eye has like closed halfway. We have to get to the bottom of what's going on with these statues. So they spend decades and decades studying these statues, coming to realize that they're alive. Just their perception of time is so much slower that literally a blink of an eye for them is that uh, is this race's entire existence, right? So they decide to try to conquer them because they're like, fuck you. Like, we need you to know that we conquered this planet. And that's literally their whole point is they need to make these things con conscious of the fact they're now enslaved. So they try, but they can't generate enough heat with all their lasers because the perception of time is so slow. It never lets heat build up enough for them to even feel it. Okay. Then, hold, all right. Yeah. Hold, on, hold on. Hold on one second. <laughs> Okay, all right. Did you say that this was a species of bugs? Yeah, I mean, like, like super intelligent. They look like spiders to me. Oh, okay. Look, I'm looking at the sculptures. Oh. They are ripped. Yeah, those are the sculptures. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they have a very um that the thinking. Remember the thinking thing that we were talking about before? Oh, they have kind of that vibe yeah. to them. Okay. Okay. But. Anyway, so they literally go mad trying to destroy these things to the point that they kill themselves effectively trying to do this until only the leader is left. And the leader then just blows himself up. And then it cuts to an image of the, uh, the two statues from their perception of time. And one statue is just kind of sitting there like this. And then he looks at the other statue and he's like, did you just see that puff of smoke? And that puff of smoke was them blowing themselves up. And he's like, I wouldn't worry about such things. Life is too short. <laughs> that, that is awesome. That's amazing. And th that's, that's another thing like perception of time. So like just the, uh, like how the universe to us, how, you know, just like one day might seem so long, but in like the universe perspective of things, like our existence on earth could just be like a blink of an eye. That's really cool. 
This guy gets deep with his comics. <laughs> That's why I like him because he's a he's a good writer and like he uses he does everything very cinematically. So like mm-hmm. he, there's a lot of times he'll go pages without writing stuff, but the way he blocks all the images, it's just so cinematic. You know, like a good um, a good movie doesn't actually need a lot of dialogue to tell you what's going on. They show you what's going on, right? Um, good mm-hmm. comics can do the same thing. You don't want everything laid out super literal for you because then it's just kind of boring to read. There is a show on Adult Swim. I don't know if it's new. This is the first time I've seen it. It was like a week ago. Uh, I think it's called Primal. Have you guys heard of this? I've heard of it. I've not seen it. It's exactly like what you were saying, Tristan. There is no talking whatsoever. And it's about a (laughs) case. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's like 20 minute episodes, no talking, no nothing. And it's about a caveman and his dinosaur. It's the coolest thing. Yeah. That sounds yeah. fucking awesome. Okay. Yes. I need to check it yes. out. Yes. And I, I've been meaning to like actually like try to find it and watch it, but that's, yeah, it, there's no talking, but there's, uh, I was watching like a clip of it and it just, it's amazing how just how it's, how, what's going on can make you feel a certain way. So for instance, I'll, I'll, spoiler. Okay. Here's a little spoiler. If you want to watch primal, don't, don't listen. All right. Okay. Anyways. So the uh, <laughs> the uh, the caveman and the dinosaur are on a raft, right? And they're like they're riding this huge wave, and like the the wind is blowing in the caveman's hair, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then it it just shows his face, <laughs> and then like it, it like the wind just stops, and it just shows them like it like a zoom out. It just shows like the caveman and the dinosaur just kind of slowly drifting on the raft. So the caveman goes like, he just like makes a grunting sound like, and then he gets in the water and he starts like paddling and like, it shows like the lapse of time and it's like all day, whatever. And the dinosaur like looks at the guy and then just takes a nap on, on the raft as he's pet as he's paddling or whatever. And the, the, uh, the caveman after paddling all day, gets on the raft and he's like exhausted. He's heavy breathing. The dinosaur looks up at him and then the dinosaur puts his tail in the water and then starts moving it. And then he takes over and then the caveman smiles <laughs> and it's just like, it's like, Oh, okay. So he's like the teamwork and he's going to not going to make him like, you know, it's his turn to paddle and the, they're, they're having a good time, you know? So it's just like, it's, it's things like that. So again, don't mean to go off in a weird direction. <laughs> it's an awe moment until a, until a fucking meteor comes down and kills the dinosaurs. <laughs> Don't ruin it, bro. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but it it looked like a good TV show, and it it almost was doing what you were saying, Tristan. It just doesn't need any words, doesn't need anything, and it can still make you feel, and you know, can still get the message across. So. Yeah, no, that's that's why I like work that does that, and then he combines that kind of skill set with just fucking amazing writing, just just great writing on top of it. So it's sparse, so you're always wanting to read more, but like he almost doesn't let you, and it kind of keeps you engaged. Um, I always like that part about it. Re- you should read the book V for Vendetta if you get a chance. It's a lot more brutal than the movie, and the movie's pretty brutal, but it's just it's a British dude talking about fascism. Like they just have a great way with words about that kind of stuff it's always really fun and just speech like and it's great it's very great 
does he write all the stuff himself or does he have help? He writes it himself. He doesn't do all the art. I mean, he teams up with really good artists and uh, people to actually storyboard stuff out, but he does mm-hmm. the physical writing. Because that's okay. a, a really big, like, that's a big dynamic in comic books is like who's going to control the visuals versus the words and how that interaction works between that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's kind of a set way to do it, but every team kind of approaches it their own way, right? Mm-hmm. The last one that's I want to cool. talk about is back with our Green Lantern friends. It's similar to the first one, but this one was always, this was my favorite one when I first read this book. Um, this one's called The Blackest Night. Uh, so b- again, back to the Green Lanterns, their, their whole thing is about manifesting visually stuff, right? So they have to, they basically use their willpower. That's what powers that ring thing. Um, and it's about willing objects into the world with green light. Now, as I said, every area of the, uh, cosmos needs a protector. So there's this one area that is completely void of light. It's so far out that there's just, there's no suns, there's no nothing, but there is life out there. It's silicon-based life, but it has no concept of light whatsoever. Like, it just doesn't exist that far out there. Think of, like, those salamanders or whatever that, like, live in the caves that, like, they're completely isolated in this, like, self-reproducing population, but they don't have eyes because they just, there's no light down there. There's never been Mm. the need for it. Kind of like that, but they evolved out of silicone. So they kind of look like, they remind me a little bit of like a fish version of that Silver Surfer, if you remember oh, okay. that one. Yep, yep. Kind of like that. So a Green Lantern is tasked with going out there and uh, finding someone to be a Green Lantern of that area, right? And she finds someone that she thinks would make sense. And as soon as she tries to talk to him, he just starts like screaming or something because like... <laughs> basically... <laughs> It, it, it takes them a while to talk with each other because, you know, um, they're used to only sound. So their perception of sound is very different than someone mm-hmm. with, you know, the perception of light. But eventually she's able to translate and talk to this guy. But as they're trying to talk about um, what to do and how to be a Green Lantern, well, she can't say the word green because he doesn't know what that is. She can't say the word lantern because she doesn't know what that is. He can't say the word light because it has no concept of that. So all the mechanisms that would need to be used to be a Green Lantern and do that power, this thing has no comprehension of. Like, it just doesn't exist because light doesn't exist out there. So how do you teach this thing to be the defender of this area using a power source based off of color and light when it has no concept of those? Does he, does he actually... Yeah. Does, does he find what out a way? Next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> Don't leave us hanging. <laughs> did he become so, the Green Lantern? You're not supposed to give the Green Lantern the ring before you've like sworn them in and like gone through the whole process, right? But she says, all right, this is unconventional. I'm going to give you this ring and we're going to try something a little weird. So basically they, they have to picture light waves and colors to manifest these things. So what she does is she asks him to start um, picturing notes. Um, F sharp, I think is what she has him picture. And then he's able to generate everything using a bell rather than a lantern. So he rings different resonant frequencies that manifest physically in the world because he's used to how things sound and interact via touch, which is exactly like what a bell would do. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that, is that it? Just giving us it, little pieces and then you're stopping talking. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> so it works. And like, this is the thing that he generates after that. I know you can't see it on like the listening, but we can cut to that in the clip. That, that thing right there. That's the first thing he yeah. makes. Okay. So, and it's very like, so those you ever are seen those YouTube frequencies? Is it? Yeah. You ever seen those uh, YouTube videos of where like they put sand on a speaker and like they start pumping frequencies and it changes the shape of the sand. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. like that concept, except he's going to mold it into things he can use to, you know, defend the universe basically. And when you are sworn in as a green lantern, you have to say that like fucking speech. I, I forget the exact one, but it's like in, um, brightest day and darkest night green lanterns mm-hmm. like like that thing i'm sure you've heard of it but they yep. couldn't do that to swear him in because he again can't con- um, has no concept of those so what they say is i'm gonna i'm gonna read it directly because it's, it's fun um in loudest din or hush profound my ears catch evil slightest sound let those who toll out evil's knell beware my power the f sharp bell Ooh, that's that's, that's cool. kind of cool i, I, like I love that. that one he basically uses like sound as his source for his power that's cool i really like that i i really like how that um what what is his name again uh, alan moore is the writer i really like how, uh, the d- directions that he's gone in with some of his his comics and everything now are those would you consider those to be like mainstream? Do you think a lot of people, cause everyone that every one of those comics that you had told me about, I had never heard about or never knew. Are they mainstream or do you have to kind of not dig really. for them? This no? isn't a collection of like individual ones he'd do. So that's, they're not super like, I mean, Alan Moore fans probably know them, but like mm-hmm. average comic fans probably don't look at these ones very much. Cause he does a lot of like weird runs and like hypothetical ones. Like, um, there's one in here about like Superman has been dead and he actually just kind of disappeared or something. I forget specifically what happens. And then he did the killing joke in this one, which is where it's the um, origin of where the Joker actually comes from. And then actually at the end, Joker gets hit by a fucking car and dies. But none of it's canon. It's just like he's just writing these things just because he can. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's a weird dude, but he's he's smart as shit. He's just way out there when it comes to comics. Uh, Grant Morrison, if you ever read his stuff, they're, they're very similar, except Grant Morrison gets less like trippy, like I did a bunch of acid in the 60s. He, he gets less like that, and he's more like, I should have been a biochemical engineer, but I'm writing comics instead. <laughs> this is this is I would have to say my biggest gripe about um Hollywood and when it comes to superhero movies is that like the the one that you just said about how the, those like squishy guys the silicone things mm-hmm. from imagine that being a movie like I feel like that would be again it would be hard to make because I mean if you can't see anything like it would just be a, like a blank picture the entire time but it, it's just like little things like that that I wish DC Marvel like any one that's going to turn it into like an actual movie I wish they would do something like that or like a swamp thing movie there are so many different superheroes that I it just bugs me when like they stick with like Captain America, Iron Man, Batman, Superman. It's like they have so many more superheroes like start like branching off. I feel like they've been a little bit better about it lately. 
Um, especially like with the, like, what is that? They have like the She Hulk now as a movie or uh, a TV show. They did Night. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. That's just, that's just me. Uh, so DC does great animated movies, but they're like live movies always just suck. Like it, there's not just been about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to Except say for that. the killing joke. Don't, don't, if you watch the killing joke animated, it, the killing joke part is perfect. The first half of it is this weird, like love story between Batman and uh, I think, I think Batgirl and like, it's super weird and makes no sense and has nothing to do with the second half and it's basically like 45 minutes of just filler because the killing joke couldn't make a full movie because it's not long enough got it and it's just like just fast forward it's fine (laughs) i was i was gonna say i feel like they did a really good job um who was it uh oh i'm tim burton tim burton's batman Oh with yeah, Michael with, Yes, with Michael yeah. Keaton, uh, Batman and Batman Returns. I feel like those two DC like Batman movies were perfect. I, I mean, I I think just um, what is his name, uh, Tim Burton. I think it was just a perfect Batman. He like he got the vibe of what Gotham should be and the the bad guys, especially Danny DeVito as Penguin. Oh my <laughs> gosh, then you played a great <laughs> Penguin. That was amazing. So. All right. Um, <laughs> my short stories. All right. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I again, I, I was I was gonna do something easy, like you know, <laughs> not complicated. But um, there Sorry. was a <laughs> there's a certain book um, that I've had for a while. Um, that I'll, I'll always pick up and read because it, it's just the, the short stories that, that are in the book. I love them. Uh, it's called Strange But True. Um, it was edited by uh, Corny. <laughs> Corny? <laughs> Cor- Am I saying the first name right? It's, it's uh, C-O-R-R-I-N-E. Corny, right? Corine? Cor- Corine? I am Corin, Corin, Corin. It's Corin. I'm going to corny. I, it's I'm definitely corny. not corny. Well, you're just <laughs> yeah. like, skipping the I in there. Like that's just you don't want to see the I, so you're just gonna not pronounce it. That's not how eyes work, man. All right, then Corine. Cor- I think it's Corine. Then that's still a but weird I... name. <laughs> so it's Corine Kenner and Craig Miller. Last, the other name is easy to pronounce. Shit. Okay. Um, but strange, but true. It has a, a collection of pretty old, um, stories The all now all, like I was about to say they're all true, but that's the name of the title is strange, but true. I didn't even say that. Again. They're all factual. They're all they're, the, uh, the thing, <laughs> the thing is, is that they're, they're all from like the 1900s up into about the 1990. So again, like the book was published, I believe in what, 1990 or 1989, something like that. It's I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. Cause I'll don't worry about when it was published, but this is the time frame. All right. So there's nothing from like the 2000 Wait. era. 
Yes. Right. So you said that the that the stories are from 1900s to 1999. Yes, essentially. Yeah. How was the book published in 1989? We're not going to get into the like the the <laughs> the, the, the ins and outs about the, how the book was published, all right? <laughs> We're worried about the short stories that are in the book. <laughs> I don't know. Context is everything, Alex. We should get to the bottom of this. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, all right. If, if we're going to spend time on that, then. Um, okay. 2005. There we go. <laughs> so we're all on this. No, wait. 1997. Okay. So I lied. It's not 2005. What, what is the first thing? Okay, hold on. It might be in 2005. Okay. All right. I'm going to hold this up. Can you guys uh, Oh, come on. No. Don't don't <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Zoom in. <laughs> is it is it the right side? Or can you guys read it? Not really. See anything. Oh. Okay, this all right. All right, we're gonna figure this out and then we'll get into the short stories. Okay, it says strange but true, and then it has the circle with a C inside of it. Yeah, copyright date. <laughs> copyright. Copyright. <laughs> copyright. <laughs> 1997. Okay, that's what it says in the book. Uh by uh, Le Will <laughs> Llewellyn? No, no. I think I think you're. It's L L E W E L L Y N. Llewellyn. Yeah, yeah. I said that. Yeah, I said that. Llewellyn. Yeah, Llewellyn Publications. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's what it says on that first sentence. Okay. Um. Uh. But then it says. But then it. Okay. So right here it says first edition, sixth printing, two thousand and five. So it's the sixth printing of this first edition, and that was published in 2005, but the copyright date is 1997. You think this is an original version of the book? No, it's just like a sixth reprint. Yeah, and that and that's I said that at the beginning. I don't know why we're going through this. I I mean I said all I said it was in 1997 it got published. This is the sixth edition in 2005. I thought I said that. Okay, we're moving on. Um, but another disclaimer, I, I did email the, uh, actually the actual publishing company of this book. Uh, they said that we could use all the stories in it. Um, as long as we just credit the person who the story is about at the very end, I won't read the entire story unless you guys want me to. Um, there are, I think four stories that I wanted to bring up and they're all, they're all different in their own way. The entire book, though, has, um, let's see here, it has miracles and mysteries, it has recoveries, um, dream messages, voices of warning, visions of death, um, let's see here, reincarnation, alien encounters, creepy, creepy creatures, and ghost stories. I didn't cover aliens because you guys give me shit all the time for alien stuff. So I was like, no, 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 no aliens today. Also, some of the alien stories in here are not like they're good, but they're not like super good. And then the ghost stories one row. I figured that you'd be covering something to do with ghosts. So I was like, eh. but the ones that I did pick, do you guys want to hear them? 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, let me, then I will read them. Okay. Here we go. So um, the first story takes place in 1974. Um, the title is called Timber. Do you guys want me to try to read all of it? I'm I can't even pronounce words. If you guys want me to read it, I will. It's only a page. It's oh it's, that's, then yeah. If it's just a page, go for it. This I want to hear you mess up every other word, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I took English two times, so if that says anything about remember lemon was, face, <laughs> lion face, lemon face, lion face. <laughs> okay. I will, I'll read the title, and then we'll go right into it. <clears throat> Timber. In 1974, I had a cabin near Big Lake, Washington. Two of my trees were blocking my neighbor's view of the lake, so my friend Jim offered to cut them down. While my neighbor and I stood to one side and watched Jim crank up the chainsaw, notched one tree, and expertly fell into the lake. Then he started to saw the second tree. Without notching it first, we were horrified. We knew that his oversight could cost him his life. We yelled out for warning, but he couldn't hear us over the noise of the chainsaw. The tree split. We screamed. I grabbed my neighbor's hand and pulled her out of the way. We watched as the tree broke into two. Some of the tree landed in the lake, but the large section still rose from the stump. Without thinking, Jim put his head under the split end over the stump and kept sawing. Within seconds, the tree fell straight down onto his head, apparently crushing it flat. His body didn't move and his arms hung lifeless. I couldn't move either. I felt like I had turned to stone. At that moment, a trans... 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 Translucent? No. Uh, Translute. I think it is translucent. Yeah, now that you say it and you're not even looking at the fucking book, I think you got it. <laughs> How can you get it? I can't. All right. <clears throat> at that moment, a translucent form came out from my body and slowly floated down to where Jim lay. When I uh, when it got to him, it disappeared. At that moment, Jim rose his arms, placed, de- placed them on the trunk and pulled his head out from between the stump and the tree. The tree itself never moved. I rushed down to him. His face was ashen, but there was no blood or unconsciousness. He refused to go to the hospital, so I drove him home and kept an eye on him all week. The following Sunday, we went back up to the cabin where a professional lumberjacker cut down the tree that fell into pieces. Jim's cap was still caught between the tree and the stump. I asked the lumberjack to retrieve it. To our amazement, the cap was full of blood and hair, even though that there had been no sign of injury a week earlier. Uh, that was from Mary. Oh, that's a little, that's a weird last name. Scarborough. 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 How, how can you guys, un- <laughs> how, how, I don't understand. You're not even looking at the word. And when you guys say it, it fits. Whatever. Whatever that last name was, that's what it is. And then Ontario, California, May 1997. I know that was kind of rough, but what'd you guys think of that story? So essentially, a guy was cutting down a, a tree. It fell on his head. Everyone saw it land on his head, um, but he pulled himself out from under the 
so, so form so the translucent form came out of this person's body and went into his friend that's what yeah, it, i got a little confused there too what what yeah. exactly happened with the like it's an apparition mm-hmm. thing right like uh, is that what so what it what it says i'll read it again i couldn't move either i felt like i had turned to stone at that moment a translucent form came out of my body and slowly floated down to where jim lay when it got to him, it disappeared, and at that moment, Jim raised his arms, placed them on the trunk, and pulled his head out from between the stump and the tree. So it sounds like what happened was that the person was watching it happen. They couldn't move, but they saw they're like a form of themselves or something go down to them and kind of go and help that person out of the tree or where like his head gotten crushed. So is it like, so, do you think it's like, a, um, what, what are those things called? Those projection things where like you go into the spirit world, like that thing. And then like you walk around and then he pulled him out like that. Or do you think like a piece of him went into his friend that had died? Like that's, that's where I'm confused on is like, did he lose something of himself into that? Or was he just helping him? I think he lost of himself because considering yeah. the way Alex explained that the tree just fell on top of him, <laughs> flat, he <laughs> went. Yeah, I, so, that's what the book said. Not that's not me saying <laughs> that. That's what the book said. <laughs> also, um, hmm. Alex, I just wanted to let you know that probably Scarborough is the name of the place where the author is from. It's not a last where? name. It Ontario, you said right in Canada. No, it said California. Um, ah, I'll, okay. <laughs> don't don't read show that, the dude. book. <laughs> Right. I can see I'm not the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to it's just all glitchy and shit. I don't know. I'm sure if I were to take off the background, it would wouldn't be like that, but it, it's somewhere in California. That's where it's taking okay. place. But yeah, it all the, makes sense out the redwoods and shit. Yeah. And and the the that um that story comes out of miracles and mysteries. So I, and there's, what is it? Uh, the show unsolved mysteries. There's stuff like that. That happens too, where someone uh, gets struck by lightning and then like a, a figure comes and like, like it goes in their body and then the person just wakes up and it's like, Oh, how did that happen? I feel like that might be kind of, kind of the same thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting story. I think it's I think it's a good one to start off the book too. Um, but I feel do you like, also oh, think? Do you also think that um, form may just have been passing through this person's point, and it's not necessarily this person's um, bit of soul? Do you mean you like it so was having to pass by, and he sees a gym? gone down let me go oh jim's gone down let me go get jim (laughs) i don't know why it's that figure is like a chronic (laughs) smoker but (laughs) (laughs) um i i i don't know i don't know um it's a possibility it, it it is it's Again, it's it's a miracle and a mystery. It could be. I guess it's. It depends. I guess on how you feel. I mean, I. Th- 
Uh, I need to learn how to speak. If you're, I guess you're a religious person, you could see this as being like a guardian angel um, or something on the lines of that. If you don't believe in, you know, any sort of religion or if you're not really religious, but you believe in like, I guess, the spirit world, you could say, or like you're... I, I don't know. It's. I feel like it depends on how you want to look at it and what you think actually happened. Because again, it's unexplained. It's it. It did happen though. Like someone got crushed by a tree by their head, and they got up. How was that possible? It's it's a mystery. I don't know. And maybe maybe it didn't fall on his head. Maybe just the angle that they were at, they thought it did. Maybe it just like knocked him out and he was laying, his head was right next to the trunk. I don't know. There's no pictures in it. I wish it was. It would help me out, but yeah. What Tristan? (laughs) I was really looking forward to hearing the story of curious George. And honestly, I'm just disappointed. (laughs) Next, next week. Next week. I'll bring a story about curious George. (laughs) Oh, I think, I think that's an interesting story. Um, I like yeah. I like Rose's idea the most though. It's just some spirit or some entity <laughs> passing by and it's like, oh fuck. And then just kind of <laughs> walked over and helped out. Yeah, the chronic smoker. Don't forget that. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. He really has help. a problem. I gotta <laughs> help Jim. <laughs> um, all right. Um the next one, you know what? I'll skip that one. Um because if 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 we do have time for it, I'll come back and I'll I'll read the one. It's called Disappearing Warts. Um, <laughs> it it, it is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now do I have to? Now do I? Should I read it? Should I read it? Well, what's the other one then? If we have to, what's the other one? <laughs> all right. So the all right. I'll read the titles of the other ones, and then so we have time. So we're not we're not overdoing it with time and everything you guys let me know which one you want me to read okay so the disappearing warts is one the healer's helper and the last one is uh look out so out of those three which one do you want me to read because i think i only have one more in me because i like i think i used up all my vocabulary for the day <laughs> between between warts and look his lookout sounds dramatic is it dramatic at least yeah. or because the warts I, I'm, I'm hooked on that because I, I need to know what's going on with these warts and why, why they're why, disappearing yeah why are they disappearing <laughs> <laughs> I I, th- I feel like if maybe in the audience too I think the audience might want to hear the the um the disappearing warts one too it is okay, a good one I'll, I'll you read have it. to read it. it yeah Okay, let me look. Let me just really quick skim through to see if there's any big words that I might need help with. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think I got this one. This one. This one should be good. Oh no, we All got right. stuck on the first word. What is it? The. <laughs> All right. The disappearing warts. In the summer of 1918, when I was 10 years old, ugly warts started. Oh. Okay, and that's it. I can't. Uh, I'm not going to continue. <laughs> Let me Come start on, that over. Oh, this is going to be a challenge. Okay. 
Oh, I should never do audiobooks. Like, I imagine <laughs> if I were to try to read like Harry Potter is in an audiobook, it would probably take like ten days. Fucking amazing though. Like, don't cut it or edit it. Just leave in all of the like getting mad as you're working your way through it. That'd be so much more entertaining. <laughs> all right, we'll we'll take a vote. If, if if you want me to read Harry Potter, the first like two pages or whatever. Put it in the comments. I'll try my best on the uh, maybe on an episode. But all right, I, I'm the disappearing. Creating 10, I'm creating ten accounts just to say Alex read. <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it. All right, the disappearing warts. In the summer of 1918, when I was 10 years old, ugly warts suddenly appeared on my left hand. I felt guilty. Mother often had warned me not to play with toads. And I felt I had disobeyed her. I felt God was punishing me for disobeying mother's dictum. That is the word. I swear. It's dictum. Okay. <laughs> D-I-C-T-U-M. Right? That's a real word. Don't worry. That's our, okay. Okay. We're good. We're good. We're going to keep going. <laughs> we, got for, we got past the first paragraph. All right. <laughs> In September, at the beginning of school term, all of us had to undergo a physical exam. Noticing the many warts on my hand, the examiner ordered me to have them removed. I didn't know what dire consequences awaited me, but I had to tell mother that the warts must be removed. Rather cold-bloodedly, I thought she said the warts will have to be cut out one by one or burned out with acid. Take your choice. Word of my predicament quickly spread through the old Brooklyn tenement in which we lived. One old granny, Mrs. Fieldman, came down to tell mother she could get rid of my warts. She said she had an old worldly remedy. Let me have a thin white string about 30 inches long and a lightened candle. When mother produced these, Granny Feldman sat me down on a kitchen table, then asked mother to leave the room, which she did reluctantly. Granny peered intently at my left hand and mumbled some unintelligible meanwhile, looping the white thread into knots. When she finally nodded the entire length of the thread, she held it under the candle flame, which burned quickly. Putting her finger to her lips, Granny forbid. Oh, jeez, I almost had it. I almost, I was on a I was on a roll right there. Okay, so Granny forbid me to speak as she left the kitchen. I laughed at her, forgetting to say thank you. Mother returned, and I told her about the nodding and burning of the white thread. She smiled, white magic, not black magic. But you can't tell. The night I dreamed, that night I dreamed I was choking. In a cold sweat, I struggled awake, jumped out of bed, and turned on the lights. Something made me connect the dream with Granny Feldman's visit. I looked at my left hand. It was perfectly smooth. Not a wart remained. To this day, 50 days later, they have not come back. And that's from Sol Harris Goldstein, Brooklyn, New York, August of 1969. I did pretty good with that one, right? You did Not okay. too bad. I'm proud Thank of you. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. So that one, that one is from, I think, the chapter, what is it? The Wart chapter. Uh, <laughs> remarkable recover. <laughs> remarkable recoveries. So I think that one is... Again, that one's pretty interesting. I think that's, um, I guess, how you want to look at it from the listener, what you believe in. Do you believe in magic? Do you believe in, you know, spells? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) But But, I I think that's pretty cool. But I agree. 
yes right away i want to say mother of your right there i mean she wants mother to mother of the burn the what's up with acid or off but she's afraid of leaving her son with the old woman being her son out with the warts like what I, I would be I would be freaked out as a kid in in a in a kitchen with some old granny, you know? Like I I mean not that I'm afraid of grannies or anything like that, but like I I just I feel like as a little kid what I might have been Was it with you and granny Alex? <laughs> there was only one other time I, dr- <laughs> I I I mentioned my grandma and that was when she ate the soup without her dentures or like she uh, something she with her, her dentures, dentures in the soup and then ate the soup and with so- her dentures like that. That was the yes. weirdest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, what do you guys think do you think that do you think it was just a little kid's imagination that like their hand was smooth and do you think it really worked again like this is all i get the book is called strange but true but do you believe it do you think like something like that could actually happen why not no, i mean i'm always a skeptic so not really but i mean i i would i would think like it's probably really easy. Part of the reason kids believe in magic more than adults is it's a lot easier to convince a kid of a memory that isn't really there versus an adult. It's a lot mm-hmm. easier to do that. Um, so they tend to remember things because all experience is memory, right? So if they remember it like that, like there's, you can probably take a polygraph and it still show up as true. Doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that's exactly how it happened. But I don't know, there's a lot of like placebo effects with self healing too. Um, that's another thing you could think of, like where the body will just heal itself because it's convinced it's better, even though like it isn't, but it'll just do it because that's just kind of how our body can work sometimes. So if you have a little kid who's open to interpretation and you can convince them enough, maybe between a little bit of a false memory and the body actually healing itself because it was convinced it was going to be healed, that happened. I think that is. I think that just shows how powerful the like the brain and the mind really is. Is the the placebo effect when like you say like yes this pill will you know stop your coughing and then you take it and it's just it's just a sugar pill but you stop coughing because you think that the pill is going to stop it and it does and I mean sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't but it just mm-hmm. kind of shows you like the powerful how powerful the mind is and if you and I think that's what when people are like just be positive and keep telling yourself that you can do something and you'll be able to achieve it. I think that maybe kind of, I don't know if I can say the same thing, but I think that kind of plays into it just a little bit. Oh, I think so. it's the exact same thing. I've, t- I've talked to many people about that. It's just like un- unhappy people are always unhappy and happy people are happy. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to do exactly with the circumstances around you. Like, you know, like some of the happiest people I've met have been in some of the worst situations, but they're always still just they're just a happy person. That's just how they are. And I've known plenty of miserable people that they work so hard to get so much, but you know, they're still just fucking miserable. Like, yeah, because right. you know, how yeah. you perceive that in your head is just, you know, it's a placebo effect type thing. And r- real, this is kind of off topic too, but like, I, I think it's funny when people always say that, like, if I just had more money, I would be happy. And that's, that's not the case. I feel like even like you look at rich people and like they have problems too, or like you people, someone who's very wealthy, it's just, they don't, money is not the problem anymore. There's something else taking that yes. problem. So there are, yeah. yeah, there are always problems. 
Yeah, yeah. There's there's always going to be problems. Like no one no one is ever going to be happy 100% of the time. I don't know. I, I just well the money one gets complicated cuz I think that, you know, money is so deeply tied up in resources, like cuz mm-hmm. that's how you so which is tied to like livelihood and like everyone talks about being happy and all that good stuff until they're starving. Like <laughs> those theoretical that's concepts kind of go out the window real quick. <laughs> which is why I don't like that uh statement money cannot buy you happiness i mean that's just a blanket statement it is but it can I mean, buy you food money yes and that can lead to happiness because your stomach's full <laughs> so, so yes. oh. <laughs> to, to me there's like a threshold of it right like there's amount of like money's not going to make you happy but sure a certain amount of money is required to survive and therefore be happy yes. so yes. anything above that that's where it's like well you don't need any more you don't need more money than the basics to survive right anything beyond that is oh. not going to make you happy but if you're if you are living on the street without any money or food or resources i think you'd be pretty unhappy despite how positive you are Okay, good point. And i think that's what i was trying to get at too. It was like you know if you have if you, yes, you do need some sort of like money. Yes, can make you happy, but like so much, like if you want like millions and millions of dollars, that may not necessarily make you happy. It's gonna like yes, it'll help maybe solve some problems, and you know you'll have these things, but you know there'll probably be other things that you'll be unhappy. I saw, with. I saw this one guy. He would I forget the number, but he lives his life um, with like a, a set amount of altruism, is what he called it. Um, basically. I forget the number. I think it was really low, like shockingly low, like 30,000. It was your 30 or 60,000 a year um, USD is like what you need to just live in anything above that you should never keep is basically how he put it. Um, so anything over uh, over like a certain threshold of what he has, he immediately gives away to charity. Oh, that's nice of him. Well, it's just like he doesn't, it creates more issues than anything else, right? Like he doesn't need that money to be happy. If anything, he's, you know, pursuing things that aren't realistic rather than just kind of finding happiness around him. So he gives it all away to people that might actually need it because they're starving. There's a, um, there was, and just you saying that brings me up, brings, reminds me of the, uh, the story of like how I think it's Buddhist monks. They practice like not having things like that is a big thing. I think for them, don't don't quote me on that. I may be saying this wrong, but like, it was a it was a picture that they like they spent hours and hours on making, and they destroy it right afterwards to like, to like to like things don't last forever, and it's not about having the thing exactly. It's I don't I don't know. It's uh, it was, it was a I don't know if this is coming out right, but it was just kind of no, a, I get you. That's a dangerous yeah. thing to deal with too, because uh, um. Because, like, first off, priests have to do that, too. They have to take a vow of poverty. I think they're supposed to, at least. But um, that's that's also supposed to be a thing. It, it reminds me of that movie, Into the Wild, and why I hate that fucker so much. Because, like, he, he thinks that... He, oh, he's such a prick, dude. He's such a <laughs> dumb, stupid, arrogant you asshole. You can't say that. He died. <laughs> oh, he's such... They do such a good job with that movie, too, because of that. Because I hate him the whole movie. He's just such a jerk. 
Because he thinks that, like, because he he realizes at the end that he needs family and people around him to be happy, but he spends that whole movie just being the most selfish, just annoying, petulant fuck, just because he's ignoring all of his real-life responsibilities for his own stupid self-journey. And he thinks that his self-journey has to be about giving up everything as far as his possessions, when a real, reasonable, decent person, they understand the balance between giving things up and having things for those around you. Like, he's such a fuck, dude. I fucking hate him. Is it the actor? No, the actor is great. The actor is amazing. I I like him and I think he did a good job. Uh, Just the character itself. And I think that's part of the point of the movie, right? I don't think you're supposed to like think he is this amazing thing doing this big important thing. Like he's, he's just a selfish child running away from his problems. I, I guess I don't remember how the beginning, because I do remember he's like, he is wealthy. Like he just got, I think it was done with college. Was it? Yeah. And his parents are assholes. They like cheated. Like they were, he was born a bastard. So he was born outside of wedlock when his dad was already married. His parents fought each other, did horrible things. And like his home life growing up sucked. And it's just like, I I always hate that. It's just like, dude, like you were still like had a better launching pad than most people would. So rather than do something good with your life and like do something productive and help people in any meaningful way, you're just going to fuck off in the woods and then write a book about it. Like, what the that was his whole plan, right? He was he was gonna go write a book is, about like living in the middle of Alaska and shit. And like who are you is, actually helping with that intelligence movie? that you claim to have? Yeah, it's a is movie and a, a book. Movie? It's it's a real story. Have you ever seen this? I really I know I really need to watch this because Tristan is so passionate about this. He fucking hates the person. I really want to see what this movie is all about. So it's it's a real story. It's a real story from this guy, um, uh, Christopher McCandles was his name. And in yeah. the 90s, he basically, exactly like I said, he just ditched society. Like, he's a super smart dude. Like, he's super into books and, like, but was super into, like, this, this self-actualization journey, which a part of that is giving up everything and kind of living out on the land and just, like, being a, a vagabond, right? That's, like, his whole his whole point, which you kind of see with certain, like, I think he took a lot of inspiration from like certain like uh, what Buddha did that right like the original one like that was that was his whole thing during the first yeah. part of his journey is he became an impoverished dude after he left his what he was like a king or whatever and he left his fucking family yes. to just go like roam the world very nope. similar kind of story but if you remember at the end of Buddha he re- he realized there was there had to be that balance like he couldn't be completely impoverished yes. all the time because that doesn't benefit the world but Alex never figures that out until the very fucking end when he's starving and trapped and alone and dies in uh, Alaska. By himself. His name is in Alex. In the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, well, so he goes by the pseudonym Alexander Supertramp. That's the name he gives people yeah. as a vagabond. Yeah. And who plays him in the movie? Because He's in he, the Lords of clearly, Dogtown, that dude. Um, I mean, that person clearly did a great job. <laughs> What is it? Uh, he's name? a good actor, and he, play, he played the part really well. I think he encapsulated it well. I just don't like that, like... You can learn a lot from that dude's journey, like, honestly, but he's just, I I don't like the fact that, like, a lot of people that do enjoy that movie kind of idolize him in his journey, but it's just, like, you're not, that's not the point. It's, like, people that idolize Joker or some shit, like, that's, that's, you're missing the whole point. The whole point is he's a selfish asshole, and you need to just learn to be happy with your family. (laughs) Well, not necessarily your family, but find a family and make it happy. It's, he, hate him. it's uh the actor who played him. Uh, his name is Emily. Hirsch? Emily. No, it's it's E M I L E. Emil. Emil. Emily. It's Emily. Not, it's not Emily, dude. <laughs> 
I okay. I I can't I can't talk. All right. <laughs> I told you at the beginning. This. I took English twice, and look at where it got me. I still can't fucking talk. <laughs> Emil or whatever you guys said. Um, I don't even know if I'm saying his last name right now. Hirsch? It's Hirsch. It's, it's Hirsch. is it Hirsch? It is Hirsch. <laughs> I got it. Sorry for the end of the wild rant. <laughs> okay. I, I, it's been, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. Um, I might need to rewatch it. I, I think I liked it. I'm not going to lie. Like I like, do I idolize them? No, I don't idolize them, mm-hmm. but I think I almost ag- agree with you to the point where it's like, okay, you can't really do anything to benefit society. If you just, go off and like you know play around in the woods but was he trying to accomplish that or was he just trying to be by himself was he just done with society he was just done with society but the point like like i think what pisses me off about why he was doing that is like it was just because his parents were dicks like like i don't know that always just pisses me off it's just like dude like so many people's parents are dicks like they don't know what they're doing like most people's parents are not these like omnipotent beings that's not how it works right all of them fuck up and a lot of them fuck up more than others so he takes like this trauma that he went through as a reason to just ditch society when he claims and like he i he like he he holds himself to being so smart like that's his whole fucking thing it's just like how intelligent he is but it's just like if you're self-aware enough to be that intelligent you should be self-aware enough to realize that you have to do something with it true true i i will say the the saddest part of that movie is when he meets up. I'm not trying to say any spoilers, but when he meets up with the old guy and the oh, old yeah, guy, that part hurts. And the old guy is just lonely as shit. And he just is like, I, you can stay with me. Like we can, yeah. we like, I think he's like, yeah, I can like, I'll be your dad. Like, yeah, you like, wanted I'll, to adopt him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just so sad. Cause the old guy you can tell is just lonely and just wants someone to like, you know, you know, hang out with maybe not hang out with him, but like he needs somebody in his life. And the guy, the Alex guy is just like, not nope, deuces. No, gotta go to Alaska. I'll live in the woods. I'm going to see a bear. Like he's such a selfish fucking prick. Like it's, I, I hate, uh. just went off. <laughs> if you're listening to this and uh, you, you do like the movie into the wild, don't, uh, don't take what Tristan's saying to heart. It's, it's okay. <laughs> But um, yeah. Um, With that also being said, in case you did not realize Tristan hates into the wild. Just in case you did not realize, <laughs> that. Uh, I like, I like, I like the movie. I just don't like him as a character. And the soundtrack's the best thing that was ever written ever. It's oh, it's great. It was written by Eddie Vedder. It's I listen to that soundtrack at least once a week. It's just amazing. So that's at least something that came out of it that you, that is good. Yeah. The soundtrack, (laughs) but that wraps up, uh, that wraps up my, my short stories. If, if we do have time or maybe if we do another like part two short stories, I will bookmark the other, other two and I'll talk about them. Ro, I know you got some stories. I'm pretty excited to hear it. Let's, uh, go, go for it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So today I bring. Two real-life ghost stories 
um, that have happened with people I know. Um, first is, shall I start with? Yeah. Okay. So the first one is of uh, what my cousin experienced. And I know for a fact that he does not believe in ghosts or anything. And he's one of the most bravest person I know. So the story goes something like this. <laughs> I'm <right>. excited. So, <laughs> Let's hear it. So my cousin, uh, basically, he was uh, trading uh, to join Merchant Navy. And uh, uh, his academy was uh, located in the outskirts of the city. Right. And there's the academy. And because obviously they need a lot of space for all the physical exercise and whatever. Basically, they need a huge space. Right. So they they built it in the outskirts of the city. And then there's a big um, jungle or a forest kind of a thing. And then there are little small villages out there. So. What usually happens is and now uh, this is an all boys thing, uh, the academy, right? Um, so what usually happens is there, they are, uh, there's, there's one person who's kind of uh, chosen every night to monitor the hallways to ensure that no one's out of bed. Uh, you know, it, because they have a very strict uh, timeline to sleep and then to wake up and, you know, basically very uh, hard at discipline. So, um, this particular day, uh, my cousin uh, was asked to monitor the hallways and just to ensure that everyone's sleeping, no one's out of bed, you know, nobody's where they are not supposed to be doing what they're not supposed to do at night. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other thing that usually happens at around 2 or 3 o'clock is that um, there's, there's a water pump. Right, a motor which needs to be switched on every night around 2 30, 3 o'clock, because that's when the water comes from um, I don't know, from the local water tank. Yeah. I cannot yeah. explain it in US terms, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they have to go and switch it on, and it's uh it's quite a distance from the academy where the water pump is located. So uh, it was his friend that night who was supposed to go. And the friend was like, come with me because it's scary as shit outside. So let's go together. (laughs) (laughs) And they are walking, you know, uh, and just talking to each other. And they have these torches with them, flashlights with them. And they're almost nearing the water pump, right? And then they see a lady sitting on a stone with her head bent down. And she's crying. Right? And Mm-mm. they can't see her face. No. <laughs> Alex. No. I wouldn't even I I wouldn't even like that. No, I would just 180 back the other way. I would not I don't even mess with that. Nope. Like I said at the beginning, my cousin's quite brave. So he actually thought that this was a poor lady who's lost her way 
you know, or is going through something. And he approached her. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> no. Your cousin is the person in the scary movie that everyone yells at. Right? No. <laughs> Don't go because, there. Don't do that. Because when he was narrating the story to me, I said, why? What made you? Who goes? Yeah. To help a lady with long hair, head bent down, <laughs> who's crying. In the middle of nowhere, <laughs> what makes you go and say, "Oh, that's what poor helpless lady." Let's right? have <laughs> at like two, two or three o'clock in the morning. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, what did your cousin end up doing? Like, sorry. So, you went up to the old lady, or he went but up to the lady. Yeah. The lady. She wasn't old, or no age specified. Um. So he. I mean, him and his friend, they go up to the lady and they ask her uh, first in the local language, like, what happened? Why are you crying? Are you lost? She doesn't reply. She's just crying. And then they think maybe she doesn't know this language. So they try a couple of other languages, what they know between each other. <laughs> Whatever languages they knew, they asked her the same question. Like, what, what is it? Why are you crying? Um, and this lady just is not responding. <laughs> they give up, kind of like, you know, maybe we should go back, you know, ask someone else at the, host, uh, at the, at the academy and ask one of the, probably the, the teachers or the professors or whoever to come. But as they're making that decision, you know, the lady stops crying and she starts to look up and smile. No, 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 no. That's that. Yep. That's when you, okay. If you haven't done the 180, that's when you do it. And oh my gosh. Okay. So, so she's crying. She looks up. Now she's smiling. Yeah. Now she's smiling. Okay. What next? Yeah. So now she's smiling, right? And uh, they look at her and they see very clearly, right? As she's smiling, her incisors, are they called incisors? I guess, yes. Yep. It starts coming out. And it's dropping out as she is smiling. And I picked a hell of a place to walk in on. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> you, you you didn't even hear the start of it. And oh, okay. So oh, okay, it's all okay. Right. I'll I'll just that's on me. I'll listen back to it later anyway. <sighs> so it's all good. Um, <laughs> can, so, continue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh. Right. So, uh, well, let me give you a quick summary till here because. Uh, Tristan, I think it's unfair. Uh, so my cousin uh, <laughs> and his friend marched out in the jungle at 2 or 3 in the uh, night to switch on the water pump, which needs to be switched on every night for the water to, uh, you know, to be flowed into the academy tanks or whatever. And on the way, they, they see this lady who has her head bent down, long hair, and she's crying. And there's fucking nothing elsewhere. And there's no light. They just have their flashlights in hand. 
and they have asked her in various Indian um, languages as to what is wrong and why is she crying and can they help her. Um, and Alex very rightly pointed out that my cousin behaved exactly like one of the characters in the scary movies where they go where they're not supposed to go or approach someone who they're yeah. not supposed to. <laughs> yeah. I, I get right? it. Your, your, cousin, your cousin's brave. Good on him. Like that, We need people like that in the world. It's good. But... There's just there's red flags, you know. There's just like little cues that's just like, mm-mm, you know, it's uh-uh, no. So as him and his friend are discussing what needs to be done, this lady suddenly picks up her head and looks at them and starts smiling, and her teeth start growing and growing and growing. It has reached till her chin, and these guys are frozen because they don't know what to do, and suddenly. They just start running. They run for their lives towards the academy back. And so in our culture, okay, it's usually said that if you feel, oh, if, if you feel that there is a spirit or a ghost behind you, never look back. Never look back. Like a cool guy walking away from an explosion? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but okay, that's the American version, I think. Yeah, when we blow something yeah. up, we're not allowed to look at it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. No, yeah. we're too but cool. We know our, it's a cool yeah. explosion. <laughs> <laughs> but in our uh, culture, we are also shitting our pants because there's a ghost right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> you think that India just statistically has more ghosts? Because your guys is, like have such a... like rich history of that i don't know why yeah. they seem much more a- if there's a spirit world i think they're much more active in india it's india and i think southeast asia in general i mean yeah we have awesome ghosts <laughs> what what if that's like the portal or, or like the airport of like the ghost world like you have to Nero land there, and then you get to go <laughs> be a ghost. There. Yeah, <laughs> you get to and that's why the ghosts ghost. are so creepy because they're just from all over the world, and then they're super mm-hmm. confused because they just get dropped in India all of a sudden when they like grew up in South America, <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck Where is happening?" <laughs> and it, and why it's are not there like, so many people. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and like the moaning that you're hearing is not the ghost trying to scare you; it's them being frustrated, like, yes. oh. <laughs> Yeah, like, um, oh, do you know where gate 36 is? Come on. (laughs) I said Indiana, not India. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, so they're running away from a ghost shitting their pants. Got it. (laughs) Not not the ghost is shitting its pants. They're shitting (laughs) their pants. Why can't the ghosts too? Like, what do you, do you know everything about ghosts now, Alex? No, but I I would because, assume. Yeah, because ghost is not wearing pants. She's wearing what uh, is our uh, traditional attire called sari. If you if you know this, it's a six yard cloth which is draped. And yeah, I know that because of the office. Oh yes. <laughs> And Alex looks clueless. Alex, I'll send you a picture. <laughs> okay. All right. That, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, the lady, the, the, well, the boys are running 
And like I said, we are asked never to look back if there's a spirit or a ghost chasing you or is behind you. Um, my cousin's friend made the mistake of looking back because he was scared. He thought the lady's like right behind him, breathing down his neck. And I think that's a natural um, reaction to, you know, when you're running for your life, you obviously see if you're, how far is your enemy, right? They, you just don't run blindly. Well, he saw, uh, there's, no, there's no one. There's fucking no one over. She disappeared. And let me remind you, this is in the middle of nowhere. There's, like, there's, there's no place for her to hide. There are no villages, nothing. So somehow they reached back to their rooms and they're sweating. And it's winter over here. And I know it's, it's not as cold as the US or whatever, but our winters are winters for us. So, and when they're sweating in winters, it means like, well, you know. And yeah. eventually what happened is uh, the person, my cousin's friend who looked behind, he felt sick and he had fever, he had high richer. It almost took him a week to recover. Uh, they did inform uh, the people in uh, people who they were supposed to inform the authorities, as in not really the authorities, but the professors and the seniors about what they experienced. And what I believe is it all kept hush hush. But eventually, there was a change in how, uh, you know, how the ships were assigned people to monitor. So there were always two people, like two people to monitor the hallways and two people who will be together. And they are not to engage in any conversation with anyone whosoever. <laughs> Don't talk to any ladies. Don't talk to any <laughs> like creepy people, like with their heads down. If they start growing teeth, just go the other way. <laughs> That so okay so for for you Ro, would so okay it, was that any specific like spirit or did do you know if like anyone like died there or did like was that like were the grounds haunted or are like there stories of it being haunted or was that like the only um, instance? Well, we don't know if there were any more instances because nobody. I mean, they didn't tell anyone else and I'm sure nobody else told because, uh, but I really don't know. I mean, this is kind of, uh, I don't know, you compare it with a banshee. Okay. In the US. So she was, yeah, she was some sort of a banshee. But yeah. Now, so... Did your cousin initially tell you this or did you just kind of like ask all your family members like, hey, we're like, does anyone have any weird stories or was this something that like was just kind of spontaneously brought up? Like, how how did you find out about this? This is this is quite an old conversation that we had way back. Almost like okay. seven years back. And this. Oh, wow. This episode was in the planning stages when I reached out to him and use your story and <laughs> this, is, this is perfect. He's like, yeah, <laughs> right, I tell you. <laughs> that, I, 
I don't know. Like again, he, he like, told me when when he faced it. Like he he told me like immediately when we met. Uh, like after after he went through it, and he he just told me this happened. Uh, sure, I can't like, like you I know can't, me. I can't imagine like that to me. I don't know. Because there are there's other stories where people will be driving down the highway and then they'll just see someone walking. They'll pick them up. They'll drive them to some place. They'll get out. And then like they'll like, I, I don't know, like they'll they'll stop at the local gas station and be like, oh, yeah, there was just some random person. And they'll be like, oh, are they wearing a blue jacket? They died 20 years ago. Like, you know, I almost feel yeah. like it's something like 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 that. It's it, I think it's more. I think it's creepier when people have stories of when people actually go up to like a spirit and it actually interacts with them. So I feel bad for your cousin. I feel, oh, I can't, oh, no, no. I don't feel bad for him because he (laughs) chose to run. No, 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 not to run. Good on him for running. He 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 went up to it and started talking to it. That's what I know. He, he had it coming. All right. I, but I'm glad he's okay. That's what I mean. <laughs> oh. All right. So uh, there's actually another one that I heard through someone, but I'll keep it at, if we have time. Uh, the second oh. true story <laughs> happened with me. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Okay. I've been sitting on it for quite some time. I was not whether I should be narrating this incident because that really scared me. Um, but I chose to uh, tell about it. So <clears throat> here it goes. All right. So this happened when, uh, it is, I mean, this is almost like um, 10 years ago. Um, I was working night shifts uh, for one of the companies. And uh, so how the shift uh, was allotted to you was that you never got a Saturday, Sunday weekend off. So I know I'm going a little into depth, but it kind of exp- will set up the, um, what's the word? I cannot think of the word. It will set up the context of what is to come. Hey, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, there's one team that, uh, in night shift, which is always working on Friday and Saturday. And the other team always works night shift on Sunday and Monday. So, at that, that particular week, I think it was my working Friday and Saturday. And it's a huge uh, production floor where we are sitting and working. And almost every other team has Saturday, Sunday off. So, this little Literally no one else except the security folks and my team, along with our manager. That's it. And my team consists of only seven folks, out of which five are guys and two are girls, including me. Uh, oh, sorry, three are girls, including my manager and me. So three of us. Right? Um, <clears throat> uh, this was around... I'm just gathering my thoughts because it takes some time for me to uh, right. So it was around around two-ish uh, 
we decided to just take a bye break and you know yeah. my uh, the girl she was my friend as well she is my friend not was she is my friend <laughs> and <laughs> don't say that like she got eaten by the ghost or something like that or like whatever you're about to say um, like oh okay okay <laughs> so um well, we both went into the washroom and i have to now explain how the washroom is also set up right uh you enter the washroom and on both sides are uh wash basins where you wash your hand and there's these huge mirrors right cross them you go inside and there are three cubicles on your left side and two on your right side all right now how these work is once you step in there's a switch the when you step in is when you can switch on the light because the switch is inside for each of the cubicles right so when i entered with my friend i see all five the doors are open three this side and two this side right i went into the first one with the left side my friend went next to me left side we closed the door and we did our job and i came out first i came out first now and i came to this side to the opposite side to wash my hands and through the mirror i can see that my friend is still inside right and the doors when you lock it from outside if you, if if there's no one inside it will show it as green in color and if there's someone inside it will show red in color right so my friend is inside i see that the last washroom is also closed and it's showing engaged red red in color and we are still talking as girls do in the washroom listeners you know what i'm talking about right uh, and i'm also thinking at the back of mind that i'm sitting in the first one right so if anybody should pass by to get into the third one i should be able to see their feet or at least a shadow of their feet but i didn't see anyone but then i'm also thinking that maybe i didn't pay attention and maybe it's either my manager or one of the lady security folks who must have come in and all this is running in my mind like in seconds while i'm speaking to my friend what happens is now i i have washed my hands and i'm turned and i'm and i'm looking towards the doors now my friend she steps out so she opens the door and it goes from engaged to vacant right red to green she switches off the light and she comes out however simultaneously i also see the third door going from engaged to vacant the same way she did and the same time she did and the door is opening slowly and she comes she's standing next to me and she's washing her hands i'm waiting to see who was inside right and the door is open very slowly after a point of time i realize that the light is not switched on inside that cubicle it's off and finally the door has opened so much that there is no way possible that a human is standing behind the door it was empty and at that literal moment when it hit me that there's no one who could be behind that door 
I suddenly felt my body freeze. Like I couldn't move from my spot. And I somehow held my friend's hand and I just, you know, said her name. I'm like, I just could just say her name. And then she looked at me and she looks back at the washroom and she pulls my hand and she grabs, like she grabs my hand, she pulls me outside the washroom and she okay. makes me go to I, the seat. I thought yes. for a second you were going to say she pulled you to go like look inside the, like the, the cubicle oh, no. or whatever. I was like, she's not that mean. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'll come to that. She made me go and sit at my seat. She asked me to drink some water. And what she said completely freaked me out. She was like, it's okay. I know what you saw. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and so somehow she has this, some people have this kind of sense of, you know, seeing ghosts for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. So she was one of those persons and apparently she's inherited that from her mother. So she can sense those presents, especially hostile presents. And she was like, it's okay, but never go alone. Story doesn't end there. The story doesn't end oh. there. Okay. <laughs> so our usual week begins. Right. And there's another friend of mine who is kind of my senior because she started before me, way before me, like she was from the first batch. And when we met, I was narrating to her like what happened with me. And she was like, oh, you didn't know this? Everybody knows about this. I'm like, what? Nobody cared to tell me what happened. Yeah. And she tells me when the building was newly constructed and then you know, our office was set up over there and all that. Like, like I mentioned, she was from the first batch, right? At that point of time, there was absolutely fucking no one on the production floor except for her team again. So they were just new and, you know, they could all take breaks together and all that. So just outside the washroom, there's a breakout area where you have the coffee machines and water coolers and whatnot, right? So the rest of her friends are standing there and she goes inside the washroom and she went to the last one. Right? She's the done her job. Yes. The one that's... Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. She's done her job and as she's, you know, pulling up her, her pants, she hears a woman scream. And she's worried. She thought something happened outside. So she quickly came out and she asked her friends, like, did you hear that? Was it one of us? And people standing outside like, hear what? And she's like, a woman just screamed. They're like, a woman screamed. Like, are you okay? Is the night shift getting to you? And they're, they're like, and she's like, no, someone really screamed out loud. And then um, our trainer at that point of time, he overheard her, their conversation and he told that when the building was getting constructed, there was a woman and a child also who were part of the 
laborers who were help, who were constructing the building, right? And she fell from fell from that particular place, and she died. Oh, jeez. That, my dear friends, is what happened with me. That... And now, and now you know this is one of the many reasons why girls don't go to washrooms alone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's that's crazy, Ro. I didn't I didn't know that you actually had like something like that happen to you or anything. Yeah. I I know that you had you had said that you wanted to like cover cover this pretty good. Like you know you've but like you've never hinted that you've had like something paranormal or like a ghost or anything like that um, encounter. That's that's pretty crazy. Now, do do other people believe you when you tell them this story, or do they just kind of brush it off like, no, this, nah. Uh, well, whoever have told have kind of believed it because there's there's no other reason why a door would open, lock, unlock on its own. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no joint mechanism between the two doors. There's a there's a fucking wall. It's a wall, not yeah. a plastic or whatever is there. Usually in cubicles, those are walls. Yeah. Now, so. for me, I I I believe in I believe in the spirit world and everything. But Tristan, what what do you he was think? Because <laughs> I I know you're kind of a skeptic. Am I, am I right? I mean, like this is Roe. We know Roe. I don't think she'd make something like this up. Roe, I want to fly you out here so you can go to the Stanley Hotel and take the oh ghost tour because you would fucking no. love it. Oh, no, that's amazing. <laughs> no. No. They just walk you around the giant hotel telling you all the places. Like, so someone died here and then someone died here. And it was really horrific, this one. It's, it's great. It's fucking amazing. Um, I mean, it sounds like something weird happened. I mean, we, we, we've established this earlier. India in itself is haunted. So I, I think I've come to accept that. That, that, just, that stuff just kind of happens more often over there. Like, you know, you don't want to go to Australia because of all the spiders and shit. I don't want to go to India because of all the ghosts. The ghosts. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm giving India a bad rep. (laughs) Oh, for people that like ghosts and shit, you know. So I don't really believe in ghosts, but, I mean, the second, if I saw someone standing in the middle of the woods, like, he was your cousin, right? You said it was, yes. it was your cousin? Yeah. If I saw some shit like that, I'm I'm fucking running. Like, I'm not, that skeptic goes right out the window the second you see something creepy looking in the woods, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I'm not fucking around with that. <laughs> not, not to deviate off the topic or anything, but there's, there's a story in, in the short story book that I, that I had read and it's, it, it was in the alien abduction or the alien section or whatever. I uh, knew you were going to double back at the end. I knew it. When you said, I'm not going to do the aliens. I was like, he's going to double you back at the end. Just watch. On your I lied. <laughs> I lied. You brought it up. <laughs> so I can bring Okay. But we didn't it, bring up aliens. We brought up ghosts. <laughs> no, no, but Tristan did. Tristan did. But okay. So the, uh, he, the guy is talking about how he had a roommate and his roommate is saying like, Hey, not to freak you out, but I've been abducted a lot of times in my life or whatever. In the room, the guy's like, okay, I'm living with a weirdo, but okay, whatever. It's He pays his rent. Okay, whatever. Okay. A couple of weeks go by and the, the guy is laying in his bed and he sees like 
these white lights just around his his place or whatever and he like he's just he's frozen whatever and then i I think he just he said he felt he fell back asleep but the next morning he is uh his roommate's like hey just so you're aware i got abducted last night and the roommate is like i i saw the lights like i i believe you like so i almost feel like it almost takes something for a skeptic i think it actually takes something to happen for them to start believing and i mean like that's that that's just how how it is for some things you know like sometimes you just need to see something to believe in it and but i don't know ro i believe you though like i I believe that like there was something in the bathroom with you there i think there's a lot of things on earth i've said this many times that we just can't explain so i I, I don't know. I, I, I think you're right, though. You don't go to the bathroom by yourself. Uh, <laughs> and I think you'll be good, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> I really did think – I when you were telling the story, though, I really did think that you were going to say your friend was going to pull – like you guys were going to go check it out. And I was about no. to be like, Ro, you're just like your cousin. No, <laughs> go the other way. <laughs> uh that uh that wraps up all the uh, short stories i hope you enjoyed uh what you just listened to uh check us out on all your favorite favorite social media sites like uh twitter facebook uh instagram tiktok youtube we have it all uh if you'd actually like to partake in some of the conversations and if you have any ideas all you have to do is go to uh podbean and there's a discord link there you just got to click that that'll bring you to our discord And then also, if you want to email us, our email is there too. And just remember, we don't want stuff that's normal. We want stuff that's effing weird. Mm-mm-mm.